I read a fascinating article the other day which was talking about how aromatherapy might be able to help people who are recovering from depression by helping them to more clearly recall memories, specifically positive memories. Um, and a, a new study shows that scents are more effective than words at queuing up the memory of a specific event. That makes absolute sense to me. That is, I, I am much more likely to, the immediacy of a memory will connect with me through scent much faster and more, and more clearly um, than, than words, if that makes sense. Researchers say uh, that it could help uh, people who are dealing with depression to shake negative thoughts and cycle thought cycles and to rewire uh, their thinking patterns. Well, I don't know much about aromatherapy, but our next guest does. And over the past 30 years, Dori Sher has also played a prominent role in the aromatherapy and broader wellness industry. industry. She's also been an advocate uh, of raising awareness of aromatherapy as a healing modality to be taken seriously. Uh, she's the director and founder of uh, Aromatic Apothecary. That's one of my favourite words, apothecary. And she joins us this morning. Doris, great to have you with us. Good morning. Good morning, Sarah. Thank you for that. I what? look forward to talking to you. Absolutely. Now, you've got a very interesting background. Tell us how you came to work um, in the field of aromatherapy, because actually you're a qualified pharmacist. I know it sounds strange. <laughs> um, pharmacist turned aromatherapist. So I qualified as a pharmacist. I studied pharmacy because my father thought it was a very good profession for a young woman. And he was quite right, um, even though I resisted it. However, when I studied pharmacy, I did an optional extra course during my third year about drug dependence and a chemical drug addiction. And then my question was, well, then why do they sell so much of it? And so I was questioning, for the first 10 years, I worked in hospital, retail, and all other areas of pharmacy. I even owned a pharmacy, and I was just dismayed how many people were so reliant on a tablet and happy to hand over their power to a pill. And I kept thinking, when you have a sick baby, you cuddle it. You don't just put medicine in. And why, as adults, do we just put medicine and forget about the nurturing part of healing and health? And um, and then I came across aromatherapy, which is a funny story, in a book called How to Banish Cellulite Forever, but that's another program. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Anyhow, um, and I was fascinated with these little molecules called essential oils, which are the smell part of the plant. And when we extract them, we call them essential oils. And I was fascinated that they could make us feel better. And um, so that's what I'd like to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, that is absolutely fascinating to me. Um, what are some of the misconceptions that people have around aromatherapy? And I, and I wanted to mention, as I did in the intro, that you know you really have been an advocate for raising awareness of um, aromatherapy as a healing moda- modality to, to be taken seriously. And I wonder if sometimes it isn't taken seriously. It's seen as a kind of oh, a bit of a shui shui, not really going to do anything, but might you know might sound good at a dinner party. Oh, I'm doing some aromatherapy, darling. Um, but actually, you truly believe in it as a, as a healing modality. So what are some of the, the misconceptions that people have around it? Well, you're quite right. I think people play it down. Um, I come from a place where I think that, and I believe, and I've experienced, and research is proving that the molecules of the essential oils come from plants. For hundreds or thousands of years, we've used plants as medicines. And only in the last hundred years, 
has the smell part of the plant, the essential oil part, become um, a, it's become a way that uh, that is therapeutic, that is actually healing and helpful. And I think that somewhere in the mid 1950s or so, aromatherapy was taken very seriously in France as a medicine. And in France, aromatherapists qualify in the same way that doctors qualify. And the rest of the world, aromatherapy was associated with, yes, you're right, they're, they're nice, nice, uh, touchy-feely. Yes. It was always associated with stress relief. You're quite right about that. It was, you know, feeling comforted. But the, they really, the molecules are really uh, th- uh, powerful, if I can call it that. For example, antiseptic, antiviral, antifungal, take eucalyptus, take tea tree, uh, take um, lavender has multi-purposes and I think that's where science and aromatherapy there's a little bit of doubt from science how can lavender help you for sleep be anti-infectious and heal a wound how can it do that but it really can it's, and um, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about how it can in just a minute you mentioned sort of the 1950s and aromatherapy but it feels like this must must be a much much older um, practice what where does it have its its roots as it were well if we go back to um, days of Egyptians and mummies they used uh, fragrant um, materials uh, to preserve mummies to put petals around, rose petals around women to make them more sensual, to frankincense and myrrh uh, were the gifts at uh, 2,000 years ago uh, around Christ. So I think that the smell, the plants were used for their smell, but the extract were used mainly for perfumes. And aromatherapy was discovered, quite a lovely story, I love this story, that um, there was a French perfumer in 1928 who was mixing and making different oils for perfumes and he his hand caught a light on a Bunsen burner and he plunged his hand in a beaker of liquid, as the story goes, and that liquid happened to be lavender and he was dismay- absolutely amazed that the his hand was soothed and healed without um, too much other intervention. So he called in a doctor and together they coined the phrase aromatherapy. That's only 1928, less than wow. 100 years ago. Wow, wow. So even though the smells were, plants were used for their smell, the, the extracts have been more recently used. If you're just joining us this morning, uh, 7.39 and uh, it is our wellness segment and uh, this morning we are focusing on the benefits of aromatherapy and we're joined on the line uh, by Doris uh, Sher. Is it Sher or Cher or neither? Sher. Sher. Whatever you want to say, Sher. Everybody thinks, can you sing? No, I can't sing. (laughs) Uh, She is the director and founder of uh, Aromatic uh, Apothecary. And has been working mm. in the field uh, of aromatherapy for uh, for over thirty years. Although uh, initially is or is a qualified pharmacist, which I, which is uh, fascinating. Um, and I'd love to hear from you, folks. If you are first of all, if you maybe have a question uh, for uh, Doris, or also if you are someone who really believes in in aromatherapy and have, have also uh, are, are have used it to uh, deal with. Well, we'll find out with with what. So so what exactly? How how does it work? Doris, how does it work? And what are we talking about? What's what's the difference between an essential oil and an aromatherapy oil? Or are they the same? Okay, thank 
Yes, they, they are the same thing. An essential oil is the essence of the plant. It is the smell part of the plant. If I hand you a rose, you are going to bring it to your nose to smell it. Mm. And uh, smells evoke feelings. The smell part of our brain is associated with the most primitive part of our brain, mm. the limbic system. Mm. And I heard you mention horse manure and you were laughing about it. But the serious part about that is that the smell has the ability to evoke a deep emotion yep. associated with memory. And what you find with the horse manure is the comfort, Absolutely. the memory of being the reassurance of that safe place. Yep. So um, that's how powerful the smells can be, is they can put your brain in a state of how it was when you smelled that smell, good and bad, unfortunately. No, ab- absolutely. There are there are other certain smells that um, can take me back to some very, very dark places indeed. Um, are some people more affected by smells than others? And I've shared this on the show uh, before about, you know, I am somebody for whom a, a smell can really, it, it is more powerful than words, more powerful than if somebody were to show mm. me a photograph. I uh, Are some people just more sensitive to, to smells in that way? Jane, I'm not sure about that. I think it's also a learned behaviour. I oh. can smell from far away and I think I've acquired and developed that side of that skill if I can call it or that's part of me because I really associate a lot of things with smell memories I, I believe in the um, healing ability and so but I, I think I think we all affected by smell because it's so linked with that primitive part of our brain yeah um, we instinctively we must be Presumably, that it being linked to that primitive part of the brain was probably something to do with a, a life or death. You know, do we smell fire in the cave? Type type thing. Yes. Something along something along those lines. Anyway, all right. So, how does one extract that that essential oil? Oh. You gave the example of a rose and, and lavender. You've spoken about. Yes. How do you get that out? So distillation. They, in days gone by, they would actually compress rose petals. So the thing about these smell parts of the plant, the aromatic molecules, is chemically they vaporize out of the plant. That's why you can smell them. They don't sit in the plant. So people often think of like, um, let's say, almond oil and they think aromatherapy oil. No, almond oil or grapeseed oil are what we call fixed oils. If you pour it onto a table, they will lie there and get sticky. If you pour an essential oil onto your table or onto your surface, it'll evaporate. So the molecules have the ability to evaporate, and that's why you can smell them. And that's the base of perfumes. Oh, I see. I get you. I get you. So you extract it by compression into into an oil or distillation, or now they're using a carbon dioxide extract that's becoming very much more fancy. But steam distillation is a traditional way of extracting essential oil, the smell part out of the plant. And you mentioned there that you gave the example of, you know, putting the oils on the table. So, so how does one use them? Do you put them onto the skin? Do you inhale them? Do you put them into some sort of fancy machine? Which I think I've got. I think somebody gave me about five years ago when I was pregnant with my daughter. They gave me some mm-hmm. sort of something which is in my burner. loft somewhere or something it wasn't a burner it was like a, a plug it you plug it in and, and stuff comes yes. out and I've never plugged it in what is that that they gave okay. me and how do I use it for my benefit okay. <laughs> well okay so um, 
Okay, there are a number of questions in there. So firstly, let me just say that essential oils, you need a lot of plant to make a little bit of oil. So just because they're natural, it does not mean it's safe. So for example, you extract tea tree um, from a, the tea tree plant, and it's very powerful antiseptic, but it can kill too much germs to, if you use it. If you use it, um, it needs to be diluted. So essential oils are strong because you need, as I say, a lot of plant to make a little bit of oil and you have to follow nature um, and think, well, you're not meant to use five moles. You're meant to use a fraction of a drop. How do you use a fraction of a drop? You mix it in a carrier oil or a base cream or it doesn't really dissolve in water so you can't use it dissolved in water you can try and mix it up with a into a water and use it as a spray but essential oils are best used when diluted or very very tiny tiny bits um to dab onto uh whatever you want to dab it onto let's say your pulse points because right. people wear essential oils as perfumes so um but some oils can be irritating to the skin and there's a lot of safety around the use of essential oils and my motto is less is more. Okay. A little cures what a lot kills. Let's talk about the curing element we, we, uh, and, and, and the benefits of. What can aromatherapy help with, Doris? Okay, so um, from stress, it's associated very much with stress and relaxation. So chamomile, lavender, neroli is from... The orange blossom, it's a lovely, lovely aroma. Neroli, it's one of my favorites. Neroli, um, so it can help for assisting with sleep. And it doesn't work like a sleeping tablet. It's not going to knock you out. Okay. It's going to stimulate your body to heal itself. And it'll soothe you. It'll calm you. It'll slow your breathing. Because you associate smell with so, many, so much relaxation, for example. So it can help for... Assisting with sleep, it helps for stress. When you smell soothing aromas, you de-stress. It can help for muscle aches and pains. For example, peppermint or ginger or rosemary. Circulatory stimulants will help for muscle aches and pains and sore joints. Um, I mentioned tea tree is anti-infectious. And I wouldn't use tea tree, let's say, on a pimple directly, but I would use it diluted in a particular gel base or a cream base to dab onto the skin for pimples for example when you first got into and 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 was got into aromatherapy did were you cynical or were you not <laughs> <laughs> well okay so so as i mentioned the cellulite story yes. i learned that there's no one quick fix on the planet Right. And I used the the oils for cellulite removal alongside a healthy eating plan, alongside a moderate um, exercise plan. And I found that the essential oils really did detoxify and assist the body. So it's not powerful like a drug that it can do one thing. Right. It does. It, it, it assists in your program. And I, I think that's marvelous about aromatherapy because I don't think we should re rely on one quick fix. Oh we God. aren't designed like that. We are designed to, and I know the word holistically no. is band, bandied about, but we, it should be part of our rituals for sleep, for I'm example. 
I'm with you. I, 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 I really am with you on that. And I think that very often, particularly we live in such a fast paced world, don't we? That it's not necessarily that we all necessarily want the quick fix, but we feel as if we need it. We don't have time to sort of, you know, dilly dally around. So we just want the thing that's going to make us um, better, quicker, so we can get on and get back onto the hamster wheel. Um, whereas actually, if we if we could just take a minute, and I'm you know I, I'm I'm talking self talk, self talk here. Just take a minute to um, d- do that the, the healthy eating and the exercise, and and bring it all together. As you say, I know that awful word, but holistically, um, yes. the chance the chances of. Um, Longevity, longevity, and the benefits yeah. um, would would probably far outweigh uh, the, the the quick fixes. Well, you know, the funny thing is that if you use aromatherapy carefully, it almost is a quick fix because let let's put let's take a, a cold and sinus problem, and you take an antihistamine for example, um, it you have to wait a while while the antihistamine works, but if you took a, um, a whiff of eucalyptus or uh, peppermint and it instantly opened up your nose. It actually, the funny thing is aromatherapy can be a quick fix for a little minor ailment. Stop an itchy bite or um, uh, help you feel, as you smell the chamomile lavender, for example, um, or neroli, you feel calm. You do feel that instant. The thing is that the effect um it can wear off after about 20 minutes, half an hour, but sometimes our bodies are left feeling healed and you can repeatedly use aromatherapy. You don't have to wait four hours. So alongside, I think we could reduce a lot of unnecessary unwanted medication or harmful medication yeah. and use aromatherapy. I'm not saying instead of, I'm not bashing conventional medicine. It saves lives. It's amazing. Yeah. But I think as a society, we've been told you take this for that and that'll help you instead of other ways. Now, I'm, and, I, and I'm nodding along. And the reason I'm nodding along also is because I'm a mom of two small children and I don't like the idea. So this will be my next question is, is who can use aromatherapy? But I don't like yes. the idea of, you know the antibiotics the constant you know one of them sort of um always snotty because she's at crèche I, I don't like the idea of pumping her full of medicine she's four I don't want that so is mm. there something that um us as parents is this something that we can use on our children is there an age you know do they need to reach a certain age before they can start um being treated with aromatherapy yeah, well, definitely um, when uh, in the first few months, not yep. because uh, the kidneys aren't ready yet. But right. from six months onwards and very diluted, and it, it's a question of dilute, dilute, uh, dil- dilution. Right. The diluted um, mixtures for toddlers and infants, fantastic. And so let me give you two examples. So for the anti-infectious, your child could, you could get a mixture made where the child takes it with them. They could dab it on. You can, in the old days used to wear a, a thing around your neck called a tussie mussy with the herbs. Um, and it was in the times of plague. So you could definitely uh, um, have like a little uh, I don't know what you want to call it, um, some sort of mixture that's made up and um, you could rub it on, let's say, the chest of your little baby and give it with to take to crèche to help prevent uh, infection and and treat the infection. And I'm not saying it does at all, but it certainly boosts the immune system in a very positive way. Equally, for anxious children, imagine sending them off with their little 
beautiful smell aroma to school. It's like their little security blanket. And when they're feeling anxious and want to call mommy, they just smell it and they feel that comfort of mommy. So smells can be very useful for infants and toddlers. Interesting. So interesting. If you are just joining us this morning, welcome. Good to have you with us on Weekend Breakfast. It's 7.52. It's our wellness segment this morning. And today we're talking about uh, the benefits of aromatherapy. And joining us this morning is Dori Sher, who's the director and founder of Aromatic Apothecary. She's been in the aromatherapy business for uh, 30 years and uh, talking to us about the benefits, how it works, um, so can it can it complement um, conventional medicine and can it also complement perhaps other um, other different I, I'm thinking of um, my mum swears by oh gosh what's the oh it's just completely gone homeopathy out. yes exactly thank you so much <laughs> my mum swears by homeopathy yes. um, but that okay. that requires her uh, to have nothing nothing peppermint or cough I mean not that aromatherapy mm, would be coffee, but so, so how would that yes. Are they yes. able to complement or no? Well, the first question, alongside conventional medicine, we have not found um, interactions that are serious that I'm aware of. I know there's, um, so you could use it alongside conventional medicine. One, one would have to be very careful if one has a, a named disease, let's say, um, you have a blood disorder. I, I, I wouldn't be so sure of the, about that. But for everyday use, I don't think that there's any interaction with um, any problem using it alongside conventional medicine. Homeopathy, there are two schools of thought. One is that it cancels out the homeopathy. The other is that there's a whole uh, science or uh, well, art or science or whatever you want to call it about homeoaromatherapy. There are companies that make combination products. So there are two schools of thought. And because homeopathy is associated with vibration and essential oils also vibrate at a particular level, one could say that it's complementary, but many homeopaths are opposed to using aromatherapy together. Okay. All right. All right. Not an exact science. Yeah, got you, got you. Um, Doris, we've, we're running out of time, so I just want to make sure that people uh, know if they want to get in touch with you or they want to come. Uh, and uh, how would it work? I mean, can you, do you walk into somewhere and say, right, I've got such and such an ailment, mix me up something? I mean, if you're a complete beginner, um, as I am, and I came in and said, oh, you know what, um, Doris, I'm a terrible insomniac, what can you give me? Would you mix up little potions? Are they already mixed? Um, what, well, what? Where does one start? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, thank you for that. So right at the beginning, 30-something years ago, when I started aromatherapy, when I, I discovered how absolutely potent the essential oils are, I was worried about how people would use them. And I decided that pre-prepared products for beginners is a safer way. Right. So I would look for pre-prepared products because it's just a safer way to be, introduce yourself to aromatherapy. If you know what you're doing and you want to mix uh, your own mixtures, there are so many essential oils available, but equally pre-prepared products are safe, quick, easy, on the go, and that suits our lifestyle. You want something, a remedy that's already ready-made and being um, you know, properly... I would, I would also be mindful about just anybody mixing up anything and make sure that you buy a reputable product. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is that, you know, sometimes you can pop into your local uh, shop and see various oils and things. How do you know what's a good what, what's good quality and, and what's not? I mean, is it possible that uh, some of the things that you're buying are just absolutely useless? 
I think it is possible. Really? And right. I think that I think I think one should choose where you get something from, like um and get advice. Go to a good health shop, go to a good pharmacy, uh read up about what's around, look on the internet, there's a lot of information and you'll have to be discerning. Um it is it is considered a medicine. We are part of the South African health regulatory authorities are um governing aromatherapy products that make medicinal claims, for example. So um, they are, I think that the market almost dictates it. I've seen products come and go. I've seen people make ridiculous claims and I've seen a lot of good things as well. Whereabouts are you based, uh, Doris? Do you have a, a walk-in store or are you just online? Can people... We, aromatic apothecary, and I know you love the word apothecary, I and love so it. do I, because it describes exactly yeah, what I lovely. am. I'm, a, yeah. I'm like an alchemist. No, I love that. Yeah. That's why yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> the old one. So we have a website, and we supply health shops and pharmacies countrywide. Having been going for 30 years, um, yeah, we, we, and I also just must mention something. I love that we are AA, Aromatic Apothecary. It's like we're there to help you. So. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you can get uh, more details at aromatic.coza and uh, there's details there of, of stockists and, and whatnot. Well, it's been an absolute joy to have you on, Doris. Thank you so much. Um, thank and you. you sent me a little care package um, at, uh, at Christmas time, which I never got to thank you for. So thank you very much indeed uh, for that. And I'm going to go and. Pleasure. Uh, do some do some reading up and it's it's certainly um uh, uh, something i'd like to look into more i'd like to rely less on um conventional medicine to be honest i would i would uh, and i know that an awful lot of people uh, feel similarly uh, doris absolute pleasure to have you with us uh, doris share uh, who is the uh, founder of uh, Aromatic Apothecary, talking to us about the benefits of aromatherapy.